All right, we're recording. It's like, uh, so everybody, is, thanks for joining us. This is What's Happening Live with uh, Steve Parker and Maddie Rook. I always say her name wrong. And we have Paul Zimmerman and Rich Yost from Sons of the Beach. Hi. And hey, uh, Steve. thanks hey, for like joining our website. And now I'll probably turn off the 80s porn music that people like watching live actually can't even hear it. So it's just more, <laughs> for, more for my entertainment. So welcome to the studio, guys. Um, I've known Paul for a little while. I don't really see you that often. I think it's like once a year I see you, probably more, more less than that, maybe. Yeah, usually at a Sons of the Beach It's like event. Sons of an, yeah. a Beach event. Which we're having another one coming up. In July, right? Yep. Uh, July 9th. Sunday. July 9th. July 9th. Is, am I invited? Yeah, of course. So I don't have to pay. I don't have to pay double. So yeah, all, all your listeners are invited it's as like well. Exact. Awesome. Yeah. Well, before we actually before we get into that, it's like, uh, yeah, I, was, like, I jumped the gun all the time. First is like, uh, Paul, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, and your I'm organization. A, I'm a local. Uh, been here all my life. Uh, my family's been here for over 100 years, so uh, I got sand in my shoes, and I, I love the beach. Uh, still surfing uh, after 60 years. So uh, uh, about eight years ago, I took over being president of the Sons of the Beach, uh, and we've. Uh, been fighting the county uh, mostly uh, for those eight years and to maintain uh, beach driving uh, uh, because we look at beach driving as a means of access for the public. Uh, beach driving is beach access. Uh, we've been in lawsuits with them. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't prevailed. Uh, we haven't lost either. Uh, uh, the lawsuits were uh, thrown out of court uh, due to a lack of standing, according to the judges. Uh, even though we're the sons of the beach and have been around since 1985, evidently they didn't think we had any standing uh, to comment on uh, beat, on the issues of the beach. But that's the way things are going now. Um, recently, uh, I quote-unquote uh, retired from the president, and uh, we've elected a new president, uh, and he's sitting right uh, next to me so, on the left. So I don't have to call you Hefe anymore then, right? No. Oh, uh, I still call him that. Mr. Zimmerman. Mr. and Rich uh, Yoth. Yoth, yeah. Like, uh, so I understand you're the president. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, uh, I'm not a native here. I moved here from Arizona uh, okay. about a little over a year ago. Um you know, I've been diving, scuba diving since I was 16. Okay. Uh, in Arizona, there's not a whole heck of a lot of that aside from, you know, some really dirty lakes and some canals. Yeah, we got yeah. retention ponds. You could yeah, go you got to drive like, to I, California I, or yeah. Mexico. I grew up in Southern California, so I get it. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I dove in Hawaii, Maui, nice. California, Mexico. And then, uh, you know, the housing boom kind of came, and I saw an opportunity to sell my home there and move somewhere where I actually want to be. Okay. And uh, No property know, taxes? I mean, not property taxes, uh, state taxes, income, income tax. tax yeah, the property taxes are definitely a thing. Good <laughs> Lord. Good Lord. Me, I know, yeah. But yeah, no, so I saw an opportunity to move here. And, uh, you know, I asked my kids, do you want to move and buy some acreage in the middle of the woods and do that kind of life? Or would you rather be on the beach? Nice. And, you know, my, my kids are teenagers. They, they obviously chose the beach. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so you, that's what we did. How'd you hook up with uh, Paul? Yeah. So one of my neighbors, uh, Gus. Uh, he invited me to a, a Bel Air neighborhood community meeting um, where I first met Paul. And instantly I knew Paul was very, very passionate about the area. I, I love this area. You know, I'm, I'm, it's very unique. It's, 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 it's like it's a family. Unique, right. it's, it's a family <laughs> yeah. priority. You know, everyone I've met has been super cool. You know, super into helping each So you haven't out. been to downtown Daytona then? Oh, I've been to downtown Daytona. <laughs> I mean, it's like you're saying everybody's like super Yeah, nice. no, I mean, I... I I try to see the, the positive in things, but and, and Paul and, and Gus and the Sons of the Beach were super active and trying to make things better, you know. And so, I don't I don't like to just sit and complain about things. I like to try to make things better if I can help, you know. And I saw an opportunity to do that. Awesome. And so, you know, they they asked me if I'd be willing to, you know, put in. What is the biggest challenge that you found is like uh like partnering up with the Sons of the Beach and becoming president? What's the biggest challenge? Honestly, it's been the local uh, political climate. Um, you know, I've, I, I've been pretty, I was pretty active in like asking questions prior to my new board assignment. And, uh, you know, I got, I got quite a bit of pushback, you know, from staff members at city, county, state organizations that, yeah. that, that didn't really want to, I, I just think that they need to answer yeah. questions and I'm like, wait a minute. I just had a conversation. I was I was at New Smyrna beach, uh, the beach approach, the, uh, this last weekend and, um, somebody ran the toll. And it was like the 
lady in the yellow shirts, they were all like cheering because the cop pulled them over. And I said, is like, you know, don't you think that beach access should be free? And she said, no, because we got to clean up. She was like really snotty. And uh, she's like, no, because we got to clean it up. I'm like, no, the people who drive on their little, you know, ATCs pick up the trash, but it's like, that's the only trash. I said, do you guys have beach combers out there where they could actually put it behind a tractor and actually comb the beach, yeah. smooth the beach out, pick up the trash? And she said, no, because that costs too much money. So I, I believe that there should be beach free beach access. You know, in my opinion, everybody has a different opinion. I think we should have beach driving. I live on the beach in Daytona Beach Shores. Um, you know, there's just so much, so much political because it does become political hot potatoes. Like when you could drive on the beach, when you cannot drive on the beach. It's like what hours you could drive on the beach. The turtle nest. I mean, a whole host of issues. Yeah, certainly. I think you know, it's from a tradition standpoint. I mean, Daytona's kind of known for that. Yep. You know, driving on the beach and having access. And I don't understand why we. You know, we live here. We already pay county taxes. Yep. Why are we paying two taxes? That's exactly right. Beach? It's it's double taxation. If we live here, then why can't we drive on the beach? Well, the woman is like at the beach approach. She actually said when she goes, well, what about the people who are from Orlando? Who cares? Let them drive on the beach too. Is that, you know, it's like, yeah, it's well, just. I mean, who, why can't, as a resident of Volusia, get a pass? This You pay for it. Yep. And then if you're visiting, you got to pay the toll booth. How many, yeah. Why can't why can't that be a thing? Yeah, Paul. I mean, in, in your experience, how many times have they raised the beach um, toll? Uh, well, you know, I I, be, I was here when there wasn't any yeah. tolls, and the, the beach was well because you're ancient. You're about the same age as the sand. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Me and the uh, leatherback turtles are the same age. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah. When I grew up here, the, the beach was open twenty four seven. The whole you know. 40 miles of the beach was open and uh, you could drive uh, anywhere you wanted, anytime you wanted. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was really a, a draw uh, for the tourism industry as well. And what we've done is we've really compressed by taking away so much of the beach driving, uh, either with the turtle lawsuit uh, that we gave away, literally gave away 17 miles of our beach. Uh, uh, we didn't have to really. Uh, the I think the county caved on that. Uh, I think they and, got and scared and, and interject like they did also hard rock uh, the poles. Yeah, uh, and uh, so they, they, they we gave it away. Uh, so you know you what that really ended up doing was it ended up hurting the entire economy of Volusia County. Uh, I mean, there's pictures. I'm sure anybody goes on any of the Facebook pages of what Daytona was like. Yep. Uh, there was literally a hundred thousand people on our beach at, at one time, uh, you know, uh, in, in that they were all staying in motels and eating at our restaurants. And those people were buying insurance for my father and, uh, the, you know, the, the, the trickle down effect of that economy is gone. And it, it really has hurt the entire, uh, community. It, it, it has, uh, but there's powerful individuals and in, uh, who think they know best. And if we look at the history, uh, a lot of their decisions have been uh, disastrous. Uh, um, but you can't uh, you can't uh, tell them that. Tell they, they, they won't believe it. They're going to continue to try to privatize our beach and turn us into some something that uh, Daytona Beach has never been. You know. What do you think about the? Sheriff's taken over those like the duties on the beach and oh, yeah. no, yeah. It's like yeah, from both sides. So what do you guys think about that? Is like the sheriff's actually is like patrolling the beaches now and kind of getting them out of the red trucks. Yeah, my my question that I keep asking and I haven't found anybody can answer is: Is there enough crime statistics happening on the beach to justify a completely separate law enforcement agency? I would say, I don't know the statistics, but I could say from actually living on the beach and actually being on the beach pretty much all the time, like a lot of us are, is like, I see more of the sheriffs actually putting their sirens on to tell somebody to move back a little bit right. or, or something. Right. I, mean, I mean, it just... And then I see mostly is like not to like take away from any of like the lifeguards, any of the people is like beach safety and stuff. But I also see a lot of those beach safety like officers sitting in this public's parking lot or sitting on this like a one A is like you know you have these fancy trucks with all this gear. Why aren't you on the Paul's beach? written about that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know the state legislature is is the responsible for the sheriff uh, being uh, the law enforcement agency on the beach now. That didn't have anything to do with Mike Chilwood. Uh, it was He's going to be on here next week, by the way. Yeah. Um, 
what what could have happened, and I think what should have happened, is it should roll the entire thing should have rolled up under underneath Mike. But uh, the county, in their wisdom, decided to maintain two separate agencies down there, which again is just a, a snapshot of their concept of cost efficiency. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so we've got two separate agencies down there. One is a law enforcement agency, which is the sheriff's, and the other is the beach uh, safety operation, which is still in the red trucks. Now, they don't have any law enforcement authority. They've taken the guns and the flag jackets off, thank God. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to conceive of a, a lifeguard that's uh, got a you know, got to take off 20 pounds of gear before they right. can even Shoes run out there, and, pull, you know, and yeah. flag jackets and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, they did it in Baywatch. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I think that's our model. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm, I, I grew up in a time when lifeguards sat in towers and provided direct uh, contact with the people they were trying to protect versus uh, driving up and down in a truck. Uh, to me, uh, it's it's an inefficient system. Uh, we need to go back to putting ta- guys in towers. Now the county, and, and believe me, we've met with the county on this multiple times and expressed ourselves on this. Uh, they've got uh, you know a million uh, reasons that I call them excuses. They say they're reasons uh, why that won't work anymore. Uh, they can't get people to work. Uh, no one wants to be a lifeguard anymore. Um, you know, it, it's just it, it's just an inefficient model and and again i've I've seen these guys driving up and down a1a all the time Uh, well here's the other thing you know and i'm i'm just now becoming a uh, a believer in that unfortunately i think the ocean is rising and we are losing quite a bit of our beach you know i i was a denier for quite a while um so then we end up with a many many days uh, with the tides are too high for the trucks to drive on the beach, how are we protecting our swimmers on those days? There, I think there's, there's it's it's an inefficient system, no doubt about it. Did I see did I see right? There's, I think that I, I I think it was you that called for a moratorium on um, James Octay on like the east side of A1A. Yeah, so that's something we've we've chatted about. I I went to a workshop last uh, last week at the uh, Ormond Beach Library. Um, they had a bunch of county planning people out there from emergency management to planning, and they wanted to pick citizens' brains on, you know, kind of the direction they wanted to go. And, and that's something I, I brought up. You know, I, I spoke with the uh, the director of the planning for the, the county, Casey. I can't remember his last name, but he's super professional, very uh, polite gentleman, knew his stuff. And, and you know, I, I broached the topic of a potential, you know, what, what if we did a building moratorium on the east side of A1A? I mean, why can't we just take a pause? I mean, New Smyrna did that for yeah. six months. Why can't we just hang on, guys? Let's pause for a minute because the developers won't allow it. Well, the 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 answer I got to it was it would be considered a taking under Bert Harris' claim. But I, I mean, I'm no attorney. I don't. Yeah. But it seems reasonable to me. I mean, from what I've read, I mean, there's there are plenty of you know articles and information out there on the, on the webs regarding uh, building moratoriums and pretty much the only way you can do it is through a public safety concern. Ian and Nicole, I mean there's there's countless articles and pictures floating around on, on social media news articles of people's pools falling in, of sea walls, actually, sea walls collapsing. So I live in Daytona Beach Shores. Mm-hmm. I live actually right on the beach. Uh, I'm not going to probably half the Facebook know where I live, but uh, we lost our seawall. Uh, we lost our um, 80, 85% of our sea walls, like Darren is like uh, Matthew. I mean, it was, I mean, not Matthew, uh, Nicole, then Ian fin- kind of finished it off. Um, I stayed during the hurricane. And so I'm watching up and down the beach because I, I put, I live on the beach, watching everything get destroyed. The Delta right next to me, we saw the ocean just one take out the sea wall. Um, Seahorse on the other side just take out. And so we saw the devastation firsthand. And yeah. then actually looking down, watching ours, like back of our property is like my condo falling into the ocean. So right. I get and, it. And so, you know, I think we all see that. Yeah. And all of us go, why, wait a minute. Why are we continuing with status quo of building east of the coastal construction control line? Why are we continuing to not have a conversation about natural sand dunes with seawalls, you know. And so Casey, the, the, the county guy, the planning director, he, one of the things he mentioned was in, I guess, towards the end of 2024, there's a, a county uh, 
program or a code being implemented to where future seawalls after that date will have to have natural dunescape included in it in front of the seawall, you know, to include vegetation. I think just is a pretty, you know, intelligent that way to approach things. Point. But, you know, we've got a year and a half until it gets implemented. And the destruction we saw last year, I honestly don't know if we're going to make it a year and a half before we have something catastrophic happen. That is one of the biggest things because, um, like you, it was like I didn't believe it was like, you know, all the tides could come up so high, just like Miami. I know Miami did beach reinforcement, I think, four times in every yep. couple of years it comes back and they have to redo it. And and, and that gets to really where Volusia County is and, and the failure of Volusia County. It's pretty – it's – in 1984, the state of South Carolina, okay, not known to be the most progressive state in the union, right? You know, they in- implemented a, uh, a coastal uh, preservation plan. And if you read that plan, it's what we should have been doing in 1984. Well, we have all sorts We're of studies, with, but they don't, the studies go nowhere. Well, right. We, we brought uh, uh, probably the preeminent uh, expert in the field, uh, Dr. Robert Young, uh, to town and... Uh, uh, I've, I've been in contact with the state climatologist. They've all offered their services to come and speak to the county. Uh, uh, I've talked to George Rechtenwald about setting up a meeting uh, at the Ocean Center with all the rest of the coastal cities. In fact, George said, you know, uh, that would be a good idea. Uh, of course, they, there's a lot of talk, but very little action. Uh, uh, the evidence is, is out there. Now, the other thing is, is that this, this, you know, reason, which isn't just an excuse, that they use that this is going to be a taking if we do a moratorium. Well, a temporary moratorium is allowable and is not considered a taking, and there's a Supreme Court ruling on that that says that. Um, and all we've ever asked for, this, this, the Sons of the Beach uh, wrote a letter back in November uh, to the, every council member and requested a temporary moratorium uh, while a study uh, was put together with these experts who agreed to come um, uh, for, to put together a long-term beach management plan. Now, if you can believe this, Volusia County, who probably uh, has the most to lose by losing their beaches, has no long-term beach management plan. We don't have one. It's 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 kind of like uh, we'll react. We're reactionaries. A storm exactly. comes and then we react. A storm another comes and then we react. And that pass another ordinance or another law. Right. Or, yeah. uh, we do another study. Yeah. So I lived down here a couple years ago. I think it was like four or five years ago now. And you know, then I moved back up north, and then I came back down. And it's kind of crazy how much the beach actually changed. Like I noticed a huge difference. Every summer I could see is like, you know, the water's rising, getting, you know, it's, bigger. It's physics. I mean, this isn't, I mean, this, there's no mystery to this, no. why it's happening. Yeah. You know, it's just, there. it's a failure to act. No. Do you think it's under the old, uh, like, guard of the Volusia County or under more so the news, like, people who's been election, or is it just a combination of everybody with their head in their sand, for lack of a better word? Well, I, I think I think there's a, there's a couple things going on. I think there's people in the county that 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 think like we do and realize that what we're seeing. And there's certainly, you know, empirical data. I mean, this is not sub, this isn't subjective anymore. This is empirical data, satellite imagery, uh, water gauges, all kinds of things that are measurable that are showing that sea level is. You're gonna realize after it's too late. You know? Not only are sea levels rising, but the the storms are happening with a greater frequency. Yeah. And, I mean, and they're, the they're thing, dumping massive amounts of water over prolonged periods of time. Yeah. And as sea level rises, so does the, the ground level underneath the, no. the, you know, rises. So that's why we're seeing a lot more flooding in areas that didn't used to flood. But we can, you know, uh, we can pretend it's not happening and we can say, okay, here, here's, here's the problem I have is, is that the county's idea of acting is to do some more studies now. The, the, the county can act on their own. You know, four votes of that county council can do something. You know, they, they can actually direct the, ca- the county manager to, uh, to begin projects, okay? But there doesn't seem to be any, uh, any urgency, any sense of urgency, any sense of, uh, uh, of commitment. Uh, it's just kind of uh, kicking the can down the road, status quo, uh, and it's, it's, you know, we're losing our beach. Yeah. You know? That was one of my questions I brought up at that, that workshop too, is what liability 
does the county and cities incur by just flat ignoring the obvious? You know, when one of these towers collapses or falls into the the, the water, I mean, look what happened in Miami. Oh, yeah. You know, the studies after Miami says that there was seawater, salt water seeping up from the ground underneath it. It wasn't just from shoreline erosion, it was the water table increasing and causing instability below it. Do we think that's not happening here? It's going to happen everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. at what point is there is the county and cities going to be held liable? And I'll, what I'll, I'll, tell you the reason. I'll tell you the reason why is like they'll always kick the can down the road. Because as long as they could get tax dollars and there's like a tax people on the tolls and keep raising them is like more money on their coffer, use it for something else when they should be using it for more beach towers, like you're saying, and more. Right. I mean, I jogged from Hartford Avenue to Granada on the beach about a month ago. It's three miles in each direction. I came across two towers, and both of them were Norman Beach. There was nothing for two miles on the road. I could I could see about a mile off of my balcony, and I don't see one single. Right. Was like since then, though, since then, <laughs> you know, two new towers have popped up—the little mobile red ones—but I, I never see them staffed. My my thing is, um, so kind of divert a little bit away is like, so I could drive from actually from Dun, uh, Dunlawton all the way to Granada. I could see the beach five times. Literally, is like I've tried to see how many times I could see the beach five times. So it kind of co- goes back to the overdevelopment mm-hmm. and when they're starting to put more over there. But we definitely need more like, lifeguard towers. Um, I, I think I think I read a study or something I, I saw that they're saying that they're actually building their there's some program in the prisons now. Now they want to contract those like I think it's called Prison Industry Authority to actually start manufacturing, you know, lifeguard towers and getting mm-hmm. them which i think would be fantastic I understand not being with staff lifeguards you know 24 7 completely understand that right. you're going to tell me that there's nobody willing do either to... one of you do either one of you guys know the staffing level yeah i do okay you want to hear your fun story yeah let's hear it yeah <laughs> a couple of weeks ago i was reading some stuff on on social media and i was like oh, everyone's complaining about this the staffing and you know we don't have enough people to staff our lifeguard towers so i was curious you know i, I hate hearing just third-hand knowledge so I, yeah. ca- I actually called them and i asked them i said hey what how many lifeguards do you have <laughs> and the first lady i spoke with she's like uh we can't tell you that i'm like what, what? why public office. Yeah, she goes i'm gonna tra- i'm gonna have to transfer you to the public information officer i go okay so they transfer me to the public information officer i ask her and she goes well why do you want to know that i go well because i'm a citizen that pays taxes here and you know ballot initiatives come up if you guys need more funding why is, I'd like, for why is it a state secret? Is this a state secret? What your staffing level is? The like that seems yes. so pre- that seems so absurd. Like why do you have to do the a records are in, the records are in their office is like in a Corvette under a Corvette somewhere. Right, <laughs> right. Like are we are we trying to? So when I when I put it to her like that, she goes, oh okay, well you know since I, I guess she didn't see me as like a I don't know subversive or something. I don't know. And like she goes, oh we have about two hundred. So they have about two hundred lifeguards in Volusia County, but. To their defense, most of the, like, half of those, she said, were, like, you know, the 16-year-old lifeguards that work one or two days a week, and that's it. You know, I, I, 200 you, lifeguards, like, even if you have 100 full-time, no. 100 full-time staff is not small, no. especially for, for the limited amount of area that they have to cover. I mean, yeah, Volusia County has a, a significant coastline, but it's not statewide. No. You know, it's one county. Yeah, oh. To work to be a lifeguard, but it's like okay, then figure out what to do with the people you have. Yeah, I mean, how much? Well, is... That's that's been one of the, our, my biggest points is get the guys out of the. We're truck. gonna put we're gonna put you out there, pause lifeguard station. Put, you know, get the guys out of the truck and put them in the tower. I agree. Man your truck, man your towers first. If you can't, that should be your prime primary responsibility is to have a lifeguard. The proximity between a drowning person and the lifeguard is relevant to the survival of the diver- do it turns out. When there's high tide, I don't know if you guys have been on the beach, anybody's been on the beach during high tide, there's literally, it creates a river running parallel to the yeah, ocean. Does, yeah. Nobody's driving on that. Right. So instead of driving around in a bunch of trucks on A1A, why aren't, just honest question, why not put them on quads with sea and shit and on no. a trailer behind yeah, a quad right. and staff it next to the tower? No. That's got to be cheaper than an F-150. How many, how many is... Paul, do you know, is like, or either one of you know how many drownings there were this year? Well, we just had a drowning at 11 o'clock in the morning uh, about three or four weeks ago, just south of Silver Beach. 
Okay. You know, a guy, uh, God bless him, uh, he was actually trying to save other people, and he died. Uh, now, that's less than a mile away from the main lifeguard tower, and no. we have a, a drowning at 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, uh, I grew up here, and towers were, I mean, you could see one tower. At, from what they, You had to be in vision to, to see each other, because back then you didn't have radios. You had flags. Yeah, you had a relay station. Like flag system, but anyway, um, to get back to the development issue, um, I uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm a uh, I'm getting old and senile or something, but uh, I can I can see the benefit of developing the west side of A1A in in low impact, low rise buildings on the west side of A1A. Turn the vacant property, which is numerous, uh, up and down the east coast into Parks into sand, uh, renourish them like they're old sand dunes, the white sea oats, uh, white sand, and covered with sea oats like they used to be. Uh, there's an opportunity here, I think, to change the imagery of Daytona Beach and change the uh, the whole uh, tourist industry into a, a, a different form uh, instead of trying to maintain the status quo, which is, you know, to me, it's, it's just ridiculous. We've got seawalls that are falling down. We've got seawalls that are buckled. We've got uh, buildings that have been undermined and are, are the, the foundations are questionable. And yet we're still saying, let's, let's keep doing this. Let's keep building on the dune line. Right. Well, let's retreat across to the west side yeah. of A1A, uh, do walkovers to the, to the beach side, uh, turn the beach side into, uh, into a, a mecca of what the beach used to be like. And it'll draw more people over, more tourism. As citizens, it's like, take the county out of it, take the city out of it. As citizens, what can citizens do to make a difference? Get involved. Join the SOBs. SOBs. No, seriously, it doesn't take much to to make a phone call and just ask a question. It does. I mean, these, the staff, and they they work, they're here to work for us. And I think that, that message gets lost on these people a lot of times. You know, we're, you know, I, I went to another workshop at Daytona City Hall a couple weeks ago where they were talking about, again, about growth, and they wanted input. And I was literally the, I was literally the only citizen in the entire city. So basically, me. people need to get involved and go down to these counties yeah. and speak. Ask questions. Point. Get curious. Get you your know? voices heard. You know, why do we have we have 200 lifeguards? Why is that not enough staff? Where are you allocating your resources? I mean, that's you have a right to know that. Yeah. That's your money, no. where it's being spent. You know, Daytona City. You know, I... I I went at that same city council meeting. I asked the staff there. I said, "Would you guys agree that it's your role to serve the public?" The answer was no. <laughs> the answer was no. Our, our our job here is to execute the will of the city commission, whatever that happens to be. No, that but that which is but, completely but you know, ridiculous. I've had conversations now with with county councilmen, with with city council commissioners. Well, we have a lot of county councilmen who come on here, and a lot of city guys. You're more than welcome to come back and grill well, them. No, honestly, no. like I feel like some of them get this concept or this thought in their mind that they're there to like be the boss they're there to be you know the king of the county or the city your job is oversight your job is to make sure that that unelected staff is executing the will of the people as outlined in county ordinances as outlined in city policies you know like that they're responsive to citizens and if they're not if they're not doing their jobs properly if they're not if they're wasting our money you know, the tax funds, and your job is oversight. Your job is to make sure that that doesn't take place. Your job isn't Your job isn't to sit yeah. here and be, you know, involved in the day-to-day operations. Your job should be, Yeah. It, it, but, you know, that's my constitutionalist kind of standpoint on it. You know? What days do they have? Um, I know people could find it online, but for people who are watching it who don't actually do research, what day do they have normally the council meeting? I think it's Tuesdays or what days? Tuesdays. Uh, they normally have Tuesdays every other uh, every other week. Well, every other week, yeah, but every other meeting okay. is one's in the afternoon and one's in the morning. Uh, one of them starts at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, which gives gives people that work for a living a chance to at least go over there. At least as like have a chance yeah. because most people don't get home at four o'clock. Right. Yeah, right. it turns out. So oh. as an organization, what's some stuff that, you know, you guys can do and volunteers can do to kind of push this along? So not only push it along, but support your organization. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, like, you know, the, the latest the uh, planning board meeting that took place in Daytona City Council, right, the planning board referenced the Silver Beach condo. You know, that, that's, I think something pretty historic happened there. You know, that 
everyone on that planning board stood up or voiced their opinion that they're going to vote no for that project, which, you know, pushed the developers into asking for a continuance. Yeah. I, I haven't been able to find a single time where that's actually occurred. And the only reason that occurred is because we packed that audit. Nor- normally, it's they already made it the decision no matter Correct. what anybody says. And Correct. They're but like, we had, but that people, were, people were, were reaching out to the, the board members and voicing their And opinions. that was the... The Silver Beach condominium? Correct. So shout out to those guys. Keep doing what you're doing and keep yeah. pushing it back. You know, the, the the board members on the planning board, to their credit, they took it seriously. They went, hey, you know, these people that actually live here and would be affected by this project have made their voices heard. And they went, we can't support this because, you know, we're asking for a million different variances, different, you know, uh, setback changes and all sorts of different stuff. Also, what come along, comes along with the development is increased traffic, increased stresses on right. ours, like our police, fire, EMS, schools. I mean, it's just trickle right. down economics. The only thing you got to do is you got to listen to people. I mean, I've heard people for that live in the condos on, on the, the shoreline here in Daytona that, you know, their, their, their sewer lines back up anytime there's a major storm. But now we want to put another 30-story condo on top of that. I mean, that you're going to double the neighborhood's population overnight. No. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do to increase? Like, where where are we at on the the infrastructure? Where are we at on? You can't drive down A1A on the right lane for any longer than you know half a mile because you got to move her because there's a there's a delivery truck blocking the right. right lane. You know, I mean, what? This is it's foolish to continue a status quo. Yeah, there's also they have one lane blocked. I don't. I know it goes from like Granada, and I'm not sure where it ends. But they have the one lane blocked off completely. Every, it's, every it's terrible. Yeah, I hate. I love. Yeah, that because they're working Granada to like uh, Harvard. I think so is is the right lanes blocked going southbound because there's work on the sidewalk, but there's nothing. You, I don't know. I, I was asking my, my, I was driving my daughter the other day. So she's like, "Why is this here? There's, there's not even any traffic." It's been there for I go down, I go down public. like coming from Dunlop and is like over to my condo, and you know, I'm sitting there thinking, "Okay, there's the delivery trucks, there's the Amazon, there's the moving company, then there's the cops sitting in the middle, is like where I got to creep by him, and then there, then there's the red trucks who are like zooming by, you know, and the ones in public barking. Right, and then, then you have your occasional, you know. Pedestrian. Pedestrian. And so, out actually, there. so I will say this is like for people who are watching this, there are a lot of pedestrian deaths. Uh, there was actually one in front of our condo who was actually one of my friends. Well, one of our friends is like my girlfriend and I, friends. Um, so they passed away literally crossing the street. Oh. Um, I think the county and the city should uh, put lights, more lights along those because it, no matter how, Florida is dark. I mean, we drive down any street. Even when they have street lights, Florida is dark. And so we need some increased lighting, is like especially along the shoreline, A1A, for people crossing the roads. Um, so city, county, DOT, maybe need to look at that instead of like a... Aren't they the, making more pedestrian crossings? Yeah, there, there's a plan yeah. to redo yeah. all of A1A, but it's it's three years down the road, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that they're not doing the uh, like the turnaround. It's like they're planning oh, the on roundabouts. Like the roundabouts. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't do that. No, it's one plan, but luckily we should rid of it. People yeah. struggle with a four-way stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like imagine put it on A1A and it was like international. That would yeah, I mean, but, that was their plan. I think. Yeah, it yeah. really was. It, it's, it was like listen. I half the time I don't know. I'm like, do I go? Do I go? Do I, I mean, well, plus it was it was the, the probably the busiest beach approach <laughs> yeah. in the county, and they're going to put a roundabout in front of it. It's, it was. Totally I wonder who. Up. I wonder how how that came about. Is like sitting around. Hey, we can put a roundabout there. We could get some more federal dollars. That it was going to better flow the traffic, but it's not. If people don't know how to try it, no. no. Um. So let's talk about your event. You have an event coming up. Yeah, so July 9th uh, at the uh, Fountain Beach Resort, uh, I think it's 313 South Atlantic, the Tiki um, Bar. Oasis Tiki Bar. Oasis Tiki Bar, yeah. So that means means people could drink. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, 1 to 4 o'clock, we're going to be out there and have some live music, some raffle prizes, uh, 50-50. Lunch. Lunch, yeah. Is there things that, is there uh, there a way that people can actually donate is like to that, is like not only is like financial, because believe me, every, every dollar that you guys donate to the Sons of the Beach goes for... It was like their organization protecting the beach, lobbying for the beach, and so forth. So everybody, if you could afford a couple dollars, even one or two dollars helps. It's like uh, those one and two dollars definitely add up. Yeah, I mean we're taking on some very powerful. And that takes that silver belt. That silver beach condo was a hundred million dollar investment. 
I mean, so that, yeah. those people have the means to take us on. But, I mean, yeah, we're nobodies, but they got a lot more to lose than we I do. wouldn't say we're nobodies. We're doing fantastic work. Do you guys actually partner up? Oh, go ahead. I wanted to say if, 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 if people out there in, uh, in your listening audience, if they want to help us, they can go to sonsofthebeach.org. We have our own web page, and there's a link there. You can get gear, and you can donate money. and uh, Buy a T-shirt. These yeah, T-shirts absolutely. are actually really cool. Yeah. yeah. Now, speaking of. We redid a few designs, so it's not all yellow shirts anymore. We do have options for like different colors. Yeah. A lot of people like the yellow. Uh, you know, we, we made some black ones and some white ones. And some, we're going to have some of that out there at the new one. But, so you know, every, I, I like the colorful stuff. You know, I, I think, you know, if you're going to wear Sons of the Beach swag, it'd be cool to see that around Publix. Yeah. Around, it right. does. And then they ask questions. Right. Who is... What's that? The about, sons of the know? beach. It's like normally when I hear SOB, it's like, you know, somebody yelling at me, you son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. But um, so listen, people who are like, you know, in all seriousness, uh, go to their organization, sonsofthebeach.org. Mm-hmm. Um, is it with an S? Sons. Yeah, sons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sons of the beach. Of the beach. Uh, okay. uh, .org. And go check out some of their swag. Donate a couple of dollars if you can afford a dollar, whether it's a dollar, whether, whether it's $50, whether it's $100. Support them because is like 95% of the people in Florida is like live near a beach. They travel to a beach. They go to a beach. And these are the guys who are on the front lines who are actually trying to save our beaches. So yeah. everybody is like go there and kind of support them. I appreciate that. And we're, we're involved in some other stuff too besides the – we're expanding into environmental issues uh, as well. We've uh, partnered with uh, VCARD actually uh, and, uh, and Dr. Garreau out of uh, – Massachusetts to uh, put a biorock uh, test site down in the Mosquito Lagoon, which is actually a um, a system that grows oysters and uh, shellfish. Is that the one they do with the pools, the big giant pools, all the different ones, and they? No, this is a this is an electrolysis program. You put up a we put up a uh, a solar panel, and it, it runs underwater and is hooked to. Uh, a metal grid. Uh, the electrolysis causes calcification and uh, uh, stimulates shellfish growth and shellfish filter. That's water. pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Is uh, it an organization coming to do that, or is it like a company? Uh, or Doctor Garo, Rob. Uh, it's a uh, it's a technology called BioRock. BioRock okay. technology. You can go on and uh, on, on the web and look it up. Um, and so we've started that as well. That's phenomenal. Have you guys partnered with the Sons of the Beach or any of the others, like uh, big giant organizations? Dream Green uh, Volusia is doing some really good stuff. Um, you know, they're they're. About, I mean, not Sons of the Beach. Uh, wave Water, uh, Wave Wa- Wave Rider Foundation, or any of those is like the Surf Rider Foundation or any of those. Uh, we we met we met with Surf. Riders. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, but, you're good. Uh, we met with Surf Riders a few years ago. Uh, um, they were uh, less than uh, enthusiastic about partnering with us because they saw us as a beach driving, uh, and they were anti-driving on the beach, okay. so it didn't work out. Okay. So, Maddie, so we were talking to like right before we came on the air, and uh, Maddie was uh, asking some of the questions that I think that were really important for basically it was like your organization. When you started this organization, you said it was like 1985 or something mm-hmm. like that. What led you to start this organization? Was it just because you got tired of seeing all of those, like the? I'm old, but I'm, I didn't start the organization. Okay, so so how did the so yeah yeah how did how did well, the, I, we're actually, like, I, I could have been there. We're working on a book too, right, about the uh, history yeah. of it. Yeah, we we were, we we we're probably 75 percent complete a book. Wait, so who's writing the book? A bunch of us. Uh, can I can I get a shout out on the thank you page? I mean, be immortalized in your book. Yeah, sure. It's like that sob guy. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it was founded by uh, two guys by the name of uh, Wayne Ward and Golden Reed, uh, and it was established because the county had decided to take over the beach uh, and started charging uh, uh, people to drive. It was only a dollar, you know. But that's what started it. Uh, people said, you know, I've been driving on this beach all my life without paying a penny, and now you're going to charge me a dollar? Yeah. There was some pretty radical stuff going on. They were running the toll booths and knocking them over and pulling oh, poles up imagine. out of the ground. Especially when they first started Yeah, that. yeah, it was. Nobody likes change. Yeah, yeah, there's two know. things people don't like, the way things are and change. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Paul, is like, so I know he's both for, this is for both of you guys. I know you guys go in front of the county council, city council, and I know a lot of times they don't give you a platform to speak for very long. I think it was three minutes if you're lucky. Yeah. So 
we have people of the county who actually listen to this podcast who are actually on it in the city. If you want to say something is like to now is like, uh, what would you say to them right now? Is like, listen to us. And this is what maybe is like, you could take it in and listen to, what would you say to one of them? Right first. Well, I, you know, I guess, uh, the time is now for action, you know, and, uh, we've got shelves and shelves and shelves of studies uh and there's ample information out there for you to make a decision don't be afraid to make a decision decide to take action and and the county council can direct county staff to implement stuff they don't have to wait for an expert uh, to uh, tell them what to do or a, a consultant i should say to tell them what to do uh, it's time for action and kicking the can down the road is not working yeah, I agree. I mean, there is a lot of evidence out there. You know, at that, that Daytona Beach City Hall meeting I went to, I told them, you know, I think there needs to be a meaningful public conversation. And I think they need to let the citizens know that they're hearing it. You know, it gets it gets to be frustrating, honestly, when you get keep getting dismissed by these people. You know, they're like, well, we don't have time for you. I don't have to answer you. Well, who yeah, do they work for? Yeah. Right. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a real conversation as as a community and say, you know, we hear you guys. We hear your concerns about beach erosion, about public safety. I mean, I shouldn't have to worry about sitting underneath a, a seawall in a condo and worrying that it's going to fall onto my kids like at the Island Crown. The Island Crown's leaning yeah, over. It's leaning over at a significant degree, you know, to sit underneath that. I mean, at what point does development – Trump, our safety and our ability to walk my children down the beach safely without ha- having something well, fall. Well, it was like, well, you got to take into consideration the sea turtles. I mean, which well, is the sea turtles. Sea, sea, so, so, I mean, sea, sea turtle. I will say this. I'm going to cut you off for a second because I really feel the sea turtles. Yes, we we love sea turtles. Everybody loves sea turtles. We we need sea turtles, but I find it very frustrating when you put a sea turtles there's a sea turtles nest they just go where they go and all of a sudden we cannot no longer build up as like for the hurricane our seawall because there's this nest that we have to Correct. which is it's it's insanity is like the sea turtles have taken over the humans lives well to a degree i mean yeah but i mean the sea turtles aren't even going to be able to nest because soon enough that high tide is going to come all the way up to the seawall which already does, already does. which yeah. means when those those turtles aren't going to lay their eggs there because they will drown. The babies yeah. will drown, yeah. you know, because they, there is no safe space on the beach for them. to. And to it's getting manage. worse and worse and worse. You know, and not just that, but the lack of consistency and logic. You know, you you can have tractors rolling up and down A1A or up and down the beach all day long doing construction work, but you can't have a fire pit out there at night. You know, you it's, none of this makes sense. So I will say this. When I first moved here, I, I moved 12 years ago from Southern California. And in Bosa Chica, it's like you could have bonfires on the beach and never a problem here. I remember the first time I actually threw one. It was actually in Ormond. And I swear, I thought it was like a felony thing. I had like five different cops coming from the sea. It was like a different thing. And I'm like, I'm just having a beer. It's like, yeah, it's like we had, it's like we had a, you know, we had a pit. We had, it's like buckets of water. We had a shovel. We had every single thing that was like if it got out of control. Right, and so it just turned it into yeah. If we care about the turtles, then we need to have a conversation about protecting the beach and yeah. from beach erosion. If we care about people's safety and not having towers fall into the water, then again, we need to have another conversation about safety. It just, no matter how you look at it, there needs to be a public conversation. And the cities and the staff and the, the elected people and the unelected people need to let people know that they actually hear them. So I'm going to, like, uh, I don't want to name any names because some of the uh, county people and the city people actually come on the, our show and stuff. But listen, you guys are friends of mine. I'm friends of yours. Let's have this conversation. It's not really that hard. Um, I think some, uh, it's like I will mention Heather Post. is like who, mm-hmm. you know, whether you guys love her or hate her, she did try some of these things. Mm-hmm. And we do have, like, people on the city and the county council who actually want to try. But, you know, those, like, dissenting of voices really need to have a more open mind and, you know, push some of this stuff forward because, you know, you guys always talk about it's like the county talks about it, the city talks about it, the municipalities talks about taxes, how we could raise the revenue. Tourism drives revenue. Mm-hmm. And so You know who doesn't the, pay to use the beach? The tourists. Police. Yeah, tourists, yeah. Tourists. They, yeah. None of that money goes to, to they, they they none of that bed tax goes to operate the beach. It should. Where does it go to? Uh, goes mostly of it goes uh to the either the ocean center or to uh uh 
That's an interesting to fact. Fund, I never knew that. To, to fund uh, our advertising authorities, who came up with a brilliant uh, theme this year of Beach On. Wait, uh, wait. This know, what? This year's what? Beach On. Beach On. Was, what was it last year? It was like wide open, be, wide open. Yeah, wide open fun. So it's like they're paying. It's like hundreds of thousand dollars or tens of thousands of dollars to come up with Beach On. Beach On. Yeah, man. I, I, it's like all three of us is like you could pay like <laughs> they probably paid like, a consultant a yeah. crap ton of money. So too, they could they pay. Did. So yeah. it's like so the next time that people want to name the beach is like they could just give each one of us ten grand. We'll come up with a better name than. Oh man, beach I'll, do it for, I'll do it for half of whatever like, they pay that consultant. Like, like they come up with some great. I'll names. do it for fifty bucks and a bucket of hot wings. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. for, beach on. For, Decades and decades, we were known as the world's most famous beach, and it worked fine. But uh, no one was making any money off that, so uh, we've got to figure out a way to spend that money. Right, and what happens if that beach is gone? World famous beach doesn't exist anymore at that point. Well, that'll be the paid consultant to pay them well, like beach. Right, be gone. then they're be like, oh god, we need to have another consultant. We need to have another study to talk about why this happened. Yeah. This gets back to you know the the reason that we the status quo is we're holding on to this status status quo with both hands and we'll let go of it we got to continue to build on our dune line oh my god we can't tell these developers they can't do that it's it's almost like a uh they're so closed-minded there's an there's an opt uh, an option retreat back to the west side in, in fact that is what the the experts in the field, you know, or the uh, the scientists in the field say that we need to have a managed retreat away from the coastline you know, because basically what's happening in the ocean is moving to the west. It's happening, you know, and to, to deny it uh, is really foolish. We should turn that into an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Turn it into an opportunity. Uh, make the east side A1A, uh, sand dunes, oats, uh, uh, ecotourism. Uh, so yeah. people need to basically let their voices be heard on this issue rather than just to... Yeah. Are talking about They're very passionate about it. Right. So we need to start the conversation. Right. They work for us. And it's <laughs> get curious. Where is your money being spent? You know, there's another issue that comes up. Uh, and when I was um, back in November after the storms, I was reaching out to a lot of different scientists. Uh, and one of them was up at the uh, Florida State University, Emily Powell, uh, who's the assistant state climatologist. I was talking with her. There's something that, that is really uh, significant, and I think there was evidence of the damage uh, that occurred during Nicole and Ian, is the wind, uh, the wind tunnels that are these big, tall buildings affect. And you look across the street from where these big, tall buildings are, there was a tremendous devastation on the west side of A1A because this wind... Right across from me, it was like it tore apart that whole little center. Yep, okay. So this gets back to... To what Rich was talking about, public safety is an issue with these tall buildings along the the oceanfront because that wind's coming off the ocean unimpeded at 150 miles an hour. There was one study I read that said that basically some of the calculations are are saying that the the wind can increase by 50 percent. So that means if you got 150 mile an hour wind coming off the ocean, it hits that building and it's refracted. It could be 220 miles an, an hour, you know. Uh, so uh, these are these are issues that we really need to look at and take seriously instead of just saying, ah, we gotta we, we got to protect property yeah. rights. We gotta protect property. While rights. you were talking, actually, is like a thought came into my mind, which is always dangerous. Uh, let's go back to the lifeguard station towers. Um, so, like I said, as like I understand, there was some proposal or somebody talked about as like building them in the prisons. Were I wonder if we could start some sort of organization, GoFund, whatever have you, and people actually money go to a fund to build more of those towers. Um, it's like along the beach, it's like a lot of them are getting, you know, older and older. And I wonder, would we be able what? to do that? I wonder those who builds this. Super difficult. Have the Boy Scouts do it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm thinking it was like, maybe it was like we could Boy get, Scouts maybe it was like the county could actually is like look into a study. Well, no, don't put a commission together. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, don't spend $100,000 on a commission, but maybe something where we could get local residents who actually care about it is like sponsor some of these uh, upkeep for some of these towers. Why do we need to? Exactly. Why do we need to? Our property well, taxes uh, are absurdly high. Like, I agree with you there, but it's like the problem is, is like even I agree. Why should we? Why should we be paying for the beach? But there's got to be some other way where citizens can actually right. get as far as the towers are concerned, historically what, what happened. But I agree with you 100%. Towers, is yeah. like a, uh, during the winter, they had 
we had full-time staffed guards that during the winter, the, a lot of times they would build, the, the lifeguards themselves would build the towers. Okay. Uh, that was kind of like when they're off I wish they duties. would do that again. <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, we don't have enough, they say. Yeah, well, like 200 people, apparently. Where, <laughs> where are you putting your Some resources? One day a week. No. How, how many people are working in, in your administration? You know, where, where are you spending your money that you don't have enough funding for this? The Red Trucks. Right. How much does <laughs> yeah. an F-150 fully equipped cost? 30, 40 grand yeah. at yeah. least? At least. Exactly. Yeah. But um, what? How are we looking on time? Um, oh, we are okay, it's like so. Before we do that, is like, is there anybody that you guys would get like to give a shout out to? Is like an organization who's been is like a yeah. Um, Dream Green's been doing a lot of really great stuff. Suzanne, there, um, she's really championing hard uh, to to affect change. Um, so I think she's doing really great work. Your listeners can follow them as well. Uh, but get involved. You know, join us. Join the Sons of the Beach. Come out to this event. You know, all the planning board people that, that are on the various boards, you know, there seems to be this misconception that our organization's against development. We're not against development. We're against foolish development, development right? We can develop in a way that, you know, marries up the nature and natural, like things like dunescapes with modern technology, with modern infrastructure, with modern development. The status quo, though, has to be, killed off like the status quo has to die it's not working you know and, and we have to do it before something you more know, catastrophic before, right, another before somebody somebody dies right somebody dies they're in you know the county and city oh we didn't see this the first time is like one of those condos fall into those like the ocean is like i guarantee it's going to be a lot of like uh you know knee-jerk reactions versus when we could prevent right, it right and then now. we're going to stand up in front of the camera and say look at all these emails where we told them this was going to happen look at all these Look at all these experts that we sent you, you know, to listen to, and you guys weren't listening. So, I mean, it opens this. I really think it opens them up to a significant liability. The Sons of the Beach brought Dr. Robert Garreau here, the, the fellow I was talking about early, earlier about the uh, bio-rock technology, uh, five years ago. Five years ago, we brought him here, and we partnered with, with uh, the CEO Business Alliance. You know, pretty unusual uh, a partnership between the Sons of the Beach and the CEO Business Alliance to bring Robert Garreau here to look into building near offshore reef systems to prevent erosion, okay, five years ago. Now, Garreau was the guy that we, we brought to town, but the concept of near offshore erosion protection through near offshore reefs is, a, is being used everywhere now. Five years ago, we brought him here uh, he did a presentation to the county council, and he was, I, I tell you, I was embarrassed uh, the way they treated him. Not all of them. Uh, but um, th this is what I'm saying. The, the information is there. Take action. Quit sitting on your hands as, as, as we, the inevitable is going to occur. You know, unless we do something about it, near offshore reef systems basically scrub the energy off the the waves as they, before they hit the beach. They use them in Dana Port in California. Yeah, so they, 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 these things are are there. But five years ago, we were ignored. All right, and you asked about shout outs. Uh, to, to I'd like to give a shout out to two elected officials uh, who are both members of this, uh, the board of the sure. Sons of the Beach, and, and one of them is uh, Chairman Jeff Brower. Jeff, Love is, Jeff. yeah, uh, Jeff is is really up against it and you know i'd encourage everybody to support him uh because um his new ideas are uh, anti-status quo and the status quo group rallies uh, their troops to try to shut him down and it, it, it's really it's sad um the other one is a local uh city commissioner uh, ken strickland who's also a member like of, 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 the, of the board who really listens i talk with ken and he's ken on says, volusia issues correct yeah. as administrator volusia yeah. issues um uh ken says uh, you know my job is what rich was saying earlier my job is to represent the people that elected me not the staff and the status quo and he's doing that and it's it's really refreshing to see those two elected officials who actually listen so i'd like to give a shout out to both of them and encourage everybody to support them yeah ken ken and jeff are two of the the only two people that before i got involved in my current role that would actually pick up the phone or return an email yeah oh. that would actually take a phone call from a citizen they would First time I spoke with with uh, Ken Strickland was probably eight thirty at night, and when I was, I sent him an email on his official email saying, "Hey, what is the city going to do about the rampant homeless 
population. You know, my kids. That's, have seen, we could have a whole. My kids have seen you know, crackheads. They're you know peeing on the side of the Seven Eleven. That's not something I want my kids to see. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I just sent an email. What do you? What's being done about this? He shot me an email back. Give me a call on my cell phone. Here's the number. That's awesome. I haven't gotten that from anybody else in an elected from an elected position. So I think that speaks that speaks volumes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, the listeners for one, um, all the people who actually support the sons of the beach right now. Uh, Mark Baker, who is a, is like a Barker. It's like, I always say his name wrong. I, I, I can't talk. But great. Uh, great. It's like, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, he does amazing, has an amazing blog. He brings a lot of these issues to light. And so it's like, I want to say thank you to him because I enjoy his blog. Absolutely. Um, I also want to give is like a shout out to some of the people who actually support the show and kind of watch it. Everybody should go to sonsofthebeach.org, support them raise some money, come out to their organizations, go to your local city, county, it was like meetings, make your voices heard. When you hear about development, show up. When you hear it's like some sort of beach, I also want to give a sh- redirect, can't even talk today. Uh, shout out to all the people who I see walking up and down the beach, cleaning up trash. It was like picking, you know, on their daily walks, those people, because you're doing amazing helping our beaches. But everybody who supports the beach, please go to sonsofthebeach.org, support their organization, whether it's volunteering, whether it's donating, whether letting your voices be heard. So everybody, please take that moment. Thanks, Steve. This question out for everyone. We don't have to answer it, but, you know, when the beach is gone, who are we going to go to? Who are we going to question? And... Honestly, what do you think they're going to say when the beach is gone? Yeah, when we can no longer walk on the beach, no longer drive on the beach, then it's too late. So it's like yeah. uh, it's always time to do something before, is like rather than after. Yeah. And before we wrap up, to uh, July twenty seventh is the next planning board meeting for the Silver Beach condo. Um, right now, it's slated to possibly be continued, but right now it's still set to be heard. Do you guys have updates on your sons of dog. Is there an email news uh, where people, do you have an email system where you blast out to all the members of Sons of the Beach? Yes. When you join the Sons of the Beach, you'll automatically become a member. Uh, uh, you, your email will be captured, and we'll, we don't sell your emails to anybody, and we don't do anything. And it doesn't you, cost anything. Yeah, and, but we will uh, send out uh, newsletters <laughs> and articles. And we're working on, <laughs> yeah, we're working on like a text message alert system too because a lot of people they don't remember like july 27th is coming yeah. july 9th is coming well up. i'll definitely so put it on my pages to make sure that everybody knows july 27th um i'll get a flyer from you yeah i want to pack that auditorium i mean it's time for for these people to actually hear us we're make I, your voices so hurt. many people are tired of being ignored yeah so and july 9th at the fountain beach resort the oasis tiki bar 313 south atlantic one to four lunch the Sons of the Beach party, and it was like if you go out there, you might see me. It was like uh, out there, it was like I'm, I, I think I'm going to get me a Sons of the Beach. So it's an interesting backdrop too. Their their back patio is all fenced off because it partially collapsed during the storm. <laughs> Weird. Uh, before we wrap yeah. up, I was like, first I want to thank both of you for showing up here. I was like, uh, you brought actually is like informed me of some stuff I didn't know. So that's well, thanks uh, for having pretty us. Pretty awesome. Is like, thank you. Thanks, man. And then before we wrap up, uh, I want to say a couple of things. I always say is like uh, our food banks are dangerously low. Please donate is like if you have any canned food, any um, sort of clothing or anything. Uh, we have is like Halifax Urban Ministries, um, Hope Foundation. Uh, please donate is like food, clothing, financial if you can. Is like uh, let's support some of our neighbors who may may be struggling financially. So if we could uh, get involved, and uh, you know, I always say you guys follow me on this page. Um, you guys, you guys see me do a lot of community thing you know stuff in the community so i want to encourage other people to join me in some of these projects get involved it doesn't have to be something big is like what you may think is nothing it is huge in somebody else's life so please get involved and uh, pay it forward i mean i think that's is like the best thing we can do is like it takes a village um and uh i think port orange and volusia county i think we have some really great citizens and uh, a lot of them are stepping up and uh so i really appreciate that so, Thanks, Steve. Maddie, would you like to say anything before we close out? Want to close out the show? Uh, no, not really. I think that's the last of it. But I do want to say that almost everybody that we've had to, on this podcast so far, all of them, it's the same thing they say is get involved. Get involved. And we do have some uh, guests coming up. Uh, we have Danny Robbins coming. We have Sheriff Chitwood. We have um, 
Mrs. Dallas, uh, her first name, I think, Sophia Dallas, uh, she's coming up. I'll talk about breast cancer awareness and her blog and the amazing work that she's doing and bringing awareness to that. So if anybody would like to come on here and you know, like think you guys could do it better than us or is like maybe have it's like a pretty interesting conversation or want to contribute, is like you could always reach out to us at Oceans Media uh, Group and then also on our Facebook page, What's Happening Live, or send me a private message. But again, I want to thank everybody. Thank you guys. And your shirts are rocking. And, you know, one of these days I'm going to turn my hat back to where you guys could see my face. I'll have to bring your shirt next time. It's like, yeah. uh, for sure. It's like, I'd like, it's like, for sure, table's always open. Microphone's always open if you want to come back and support Definitely. anything. Appreciate Thanks, that. Steve. So you guys thank have you. a great day. Thanks, and uh, thank you, everybody. And have a great weekend.